Okay, welcome back to the Sovereign Projector podcast. My name is Heather. So happy you are here. Um, Today we're going to be speaking about the very little understood eighth house and basically how this has been the year that so many of us have much more intimately gotten to know the eighth house, whether we realize it consciously or not. Uh, So I'm going to be reflecting a bit on 2020 and how it has led us into this deeper understanding of the eighth house. We're going to be talking about my perception of the eighth house in general. As always, uh, I do not follow classic astrology rules um, and all of my interpretations are my own based upon what I see in the world, what I've seen in other people. I have a very Gemini Sag way of doing astrology I think is the best way I can describe it is that like the Gemini South Node part of me gathers all the information and speaks to a million different people and observes everything and has a thousand different conversations and will look like oh you know hmm, they're they're doing some very Taurus things right now this makes me think of people who have this particular like Pluto in da 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 um through observation and reading and studying and speaking to a million different people and then my Sag North node is that part of me that will take all of that information and plug it into my own intuitive heart how I interpret the information so just saying that before we get into it in case you hear something you're like that's not what the eighth house means um that's okay I believe that all of astrology is archetypal and all of life is archetypal and everything that we see in the world is reflected in these archetypes okay um and I feel like right now I mean what we're deep in Scorpio season we're actually nearing the end which I mean RIP I missed it I feel like I didn't I've just been so busy like moving into the bus and then still not having running water for a while so um yeah, I just haven't had time to really sit and be with this Scorpio season, but alas, I guess that's how it was meant to be. And we're really going to be celebrating all these Scorpio things today. And I'm not one of those astrologers who, so I think it's because I'm an Aries rising that I don't align the the signs with the houses. Like, you know, a lot of astrologers will be like Aries first house, Taurus second house, you know, saying they're the same themes. I don't do that. And I think it's because I am an Aries rising. And so if I did that, I would literally be reading my chart. I'd be like, it'd all be the same, you know, because Aries is naturally in the first house. So it's just the same themes repeated in every single house. I hope I'm making sense. And I was like, well, that doesn't really give me any extra information. And then so when I found out that there is a different way to do it and that the houses actually have their own interpretation that doesn't necessarily correlate to the signs that they're supposed to correlate to I was like oh this makes a lot more sense and this gives me and my chart a lot more richness so there's that um but there are definitely like some similar themes when it comes to Scorpio and the eighth house and we're kind of going to get into that too um just because of this I believe this correlation between uh what's beyond the veil Scorpio is sort of the one who who is unafraid to walk beyond the veil that it it's full of that archetype and the eighth house is kind of what's beyond the veil if that makes sense so scorpio is the one who's walking in to the eighth house stuff yeah i like that okay um anyway before we get into that um sovereign creativity is open 
Um, so I'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, my my program running in December, all about creativity and doing it your own way and not following the patriarchal rules, plugging into systems and structures of how creativity and content and being a human and like living a creative heart-led life is supposed to look. Anyway, that will all be in the show notes. So definitely join that. Um, And yeah, I feel like that's the only kind of announcement. I have my beautiful friend Melina coming on the podcast, hopefully next week. We're recording next week anyway, so all going well. It'll be coming out sometime late next week. Um, Oh, the other thing is, okay, so I had a... um, I had a session with this beautiful healer last week and she she came recommended by one of my astrology friends and she does contract clearing and I had a like a bunch of my contracts cleared from past lives so like with family members and stuff and if anybody wants a recommendation um if you feel like you have some shitty contracts with people in your life or even we cleared with my ex-boyfriend and that was I mean, I bawled my bloody eyes out, but it was phenomenal. It shifted so much for me. Um, But she was incredible. She has a beautiful English accent. I'm so tempted to, like, reach out and ask her to come on the podcast, mostly for the fact that I just want to listen to her British accent for another hour or so. Um, So, But, yeah, if anybody wants that recommendation, then just DM me on Instagram um, and I'll send you her page because I can fully recommend her services. She was incredible um the real deal and what else yeah I don't think that there is much else um like I said I still don't have running water so but it's like even still I am feeling more myself and more just I think Mars going direct has definitely helped with this as well but just in general like in my environment right now I feel so at peace just watching the sunset from my bus window every evening and my little kitty cat she's she's loving bus life she's hilarious it's it's a simple life but I feel like I'm a pretty simple gal um so it's suiting me beautifully okay um I feel like let's just get into it I almost don't know where to start with this stuff okay let's start with kind of the number one Well, like, I guess the issue that we have with the eighth house is that it's so misunderstood. And I agree, I have concurred really up until, I guess, the last few weeks when I've been reflecting on 2020, as we, for some reason, are at this point in the year where Christmas carols are playing in Coles, which I love. Um, But either way, it's kind of that point of the year when we need to reflect on what's, what's happened so far. And see what's coming and I was like wow this this year has taught me and I think so many of us so much more about the eighth house it's I would look at it in a chart and it's funny because I have I wish I had my chart up but I have moon Pluto Mercury um Vesta and I feel like there's one more planet but I'm blanking moon Pluto Mercury Vesta. Maybe that's it. But I definitely have a stallium of planets in the eighth house. And so it's obviously been like a really big theme for me. Um, and I just would look at it in a chart and be like, I almost want to avoid this section because I don't get you. Like some people would say it's about 
you know, your mortgage. And then other people will say it's about sex. Other people would say um, it represents death and stuff. And I was like, okay, I can see all that, but how are they all related? And then there was also divorce is put in there. Um, and I always see it as, have always seen it as ancestry. So what we inherit, um, because people will, people will sort of view it as, uh, what's the word? Like when you get left money in a will, I can't remember what the technical, um, term is right now, mind blank, but yeah, people view it as that in the eighth house will show when you're going to be left money in a will or whatever, because there's that connection to death as well. And it's like opposing the second house. If the second house in astrology is all about my stuff then the eighth house is all about your stuff. Um, and so I always also view, have always seen the eighth house as what we inherit from our ancestry, what is handed down in the lineage and not just physical assets like money and stuff. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. That was just um, my Bluetooth speaker turning off. Hopefully that wasn't too loud in your eardrums. Um, where was I? Yes. Okay. Viewing it as ancestry, what is handed down through the lineage and the fact I have always known. Okay. So now we're going to get into my first kind of interpretation of the eighth house that I'm sort of coming to now. If you are somebody, and I know there are a lot of us in this community here. I know a lot of my, um, you guys that are listening relate to me when I say I was born in my family to shake shit up. I have never felt like I belong in my family. Sometimes I, you know, wonder and know that I'm not from here, not from this planet. If you've listened to my episode with Serge about the star uh, starseed stuff, then, you know, um, I was taken to astrologer when I was six months old and they said, yeah, she's not from this planet, essentially. And I've always felt that, that I literally came into this family line to shake things up. And, you know, I took it on as black sheep artists. And I think a lot of us have that in like, I'm the black sheep of the family. That's the role I've taken on. That's who I am. But I've really been coming to terms with that over the last few months. A, saying that black sheep artists is not a healthy way to view yourself and sort of reframing that to be like, no, I am the one who's come in to break these ancestral patterns, these ancestral traumas. This came up in my um, past life reading too. I just, it's funny because like, you know, obviously I um, have a deep connection to my guides and stuff already and have been getting messages on this for the last year or so, but just a lot of confirmation in what she said. She's like, yeah, on your dad's side, you um, have basically an ancestral curse. And I was like, yeah, I know. Uh, so we went through and like did a bunch of work on that. And that was heavy. I, yeah, she's like, wow, your, your contracts are bloody intense. I'm like, yeah, I had a feeling. Um, anyway, so yeah, if we can see the eighth house as what is handed to us, not just in terms of the physical stuff that's handed on, but the stuff we take on. And so the fact that, you know, if you do have something like Pluto or the South Node um, in the, or the North Node, I'm going to say too, in the eighth house, there probably is a really uh, strong ancestral curse breaking, ancestral pattern breaking, that black sheep itis that I spoke about. The thing with the eighth house and 2020 as all and how we have been really getting to know the eighth house is a place where everything dissolves because it is death, because it is death in every sense of the word, because it is absolute intimacy with something else. And so this is why people consider it sex. 
I definitely would put like just like general sex more in the fifth house. But when we're thinking about the eighth house, it is absolute merging with another. There has to be, and you can do that in so many ways. In our um, culture, which is kind of really terrified of emotional intimacy, then physical intimacy is a lot easier for us. But the eighth house is merging with another person on every single level. So that may be physical, but that may also just be completely um, disintegrating and letting another person see beyond your own veil, but beyond your own shells, beyond your own masks that we have built up as protection. The eighth house is the place where we are invited to crack the shells, to crack that open, to let our hearts and our true selves, what lives beyond our own veil, the infinite self, the soul, whatever you want to call it, let that be seen, let that radiate forward. That is the eighth house. So we have had this choice this year where we can you know, cling desperately. We've been clinging our entire lives desperately to these labels, these jobs, these situations, these ways that we've been making money, these um, external things that we've been doing, even just like, you know, all the go into the pub and um, however else we've been spending our time, our entire lives to avoid merging with our infinite self, to avoid seeing what lies beyond our own veil. It's all been disintegrated and taken from us this year, 2020. That is why I have sort of been feeling that we're all having an eighth house year. We're all having a year of understanding what happens in the true eighth house when we are doing the eighth house in a healthy way. We lose to truly merge with what's beyond the veil. There is a death that must occur. And whether that is a physical death, like literal physical death, or whether that is some sort of ego death, um, whether that, and when I say ego death, I all I mean is having a label or a mask that we had clung to stripped away from us. So having this job that you've had for so long suddenly let you go because, you know, there's no work and the place is closed or whatever it is. Or even if it's just like going into the office day, that thing every day, that thing that you've always done. Um, all the labels, all the masks, all the things and identities that we've clung to for our entire lives to give us some sense of wholeness and who I am has been stripped away and then what's left there? What are, what are we left with? And the eighth house is so uncomfortable. And I think the fact that we as a culture are so terrified as death, and I'm talking about the Western culture. I know there are a lot of um, other cultures throughout the world who celebrate death, who truly mourn and grieve and give the people who are passing on like the the proper send-off for us it's you know um cry at the funeral and then you ha- you're meant to be like laughing and joyful by the wake and whatever it is there's no room for grieving and we're so uncomfortable we're so uncomfortable with people's grief too we don't know how to hold it because we've never learned oh I have so many thoughts on this I should have made notes because I'm gonna end up speaking all over the place we have so little um capacity we haven't learned how to deal with our own grief we haven't learned and so we can't hold another person's and so everybody else it's like this vicious repeating circle where we all just repeatedly swallow down our grief and say I'm fine I'm fine you know it happened a year ago it's fine when we mourn human beings we need to learn how to mourn everything we're so terrified of change we are terrified of change 
because when the change happens, we're expected to then put on that smile and get on with it. We don't give ourselves time to celebrate what was and to mourn what was and what is now gone. We And so the extreme um, <clears throat> example of this would be literal death, would be, you know, a family member or a friend or a partner or whatever dying. That's the extreme version of it. It's like, okay, cool, like you've had your two-week mourning period, now buck up and get on with life, you know, a month later, like are you ready to start dating again, whatever it is. These unbelievable um expectations that we put on each other to swallow down their grief because we're so uncomfortable to see other people's how intensely we are capable of loving that's just it see what I mean I'm gonna go all over the place just just flow with me just ride with me this is what we're doing today how deeply we grieve as human beings shows how deeply we love how much we are capable of loving another person, how much we are capable of loving something else, something outside of ourselves, is reflected in our grief that we feel. And other people, that's the thing, we're not actually that scared of other people's sadness and grief and devastation. We're terrified at how deeply they have loved. What their expression of grief means about how deeply they loved. Because we are so scared of fully losing ourselves in another person, in another thing, in another being, in life, letting our hearts open fully and merging with that living, loving from the infinite soul. We're so terrified of what that means, of not having that boundary between us us and the outside world, that when we um, have these times where we actually see what happens when that sort of love is, is, Uh, reflected in the grief that we feel for what we've lost we're terrified and we don't want to see it because it would force us to face our own capabilities of love what is truly going on inside the heart which is so beyond powerful (sighs) okay where do I want to go next with this um let's see let's see let's see okay yes that okay so it's not yeah so that's the extreme version is someone literally passing on But because we're so afraid of change, we need to actually take time to mourn and to grieve phases of ourselves and phases of our lives. This is going to help us make peace with death. This is what is going to help us make peace with the fact that life is not forever, um, no matter how much we like to think it is, is actually letting ourselves mourn the things that aren't as, I guess, permanent as physical death is letting ourselves mourn when even when you leave a job that you don't like there's still the body picks up an ending of sorts the body picks up a something is missing something is different this doesn't feel right and if we're like you know why do I feel sad about this like da 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 and not let ourselves have that grieving time then it's just more repression of grief even if you didn't like it Give yourself time to feel the feeling of let it go. Have a ceremony, you know, create ceremony around saying farewell to this um, stage phase of your life, even like an evolution of yourself that you are saying farewell to. And this, this all is really so beautifully reflected in, um, so 
then when we when we think about this about human design i'm just going to talk about the spleen for a minute i feel like i talk about the spleen in every single episode but it's 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 the energy center it is this instinctual energy center which only knows two extremes it knows alive and it knows death and every single fear of the spleen every fear that lives inside the spleen boils down to a fear of dying everything you know the fear of failure because to the body failure feels like death the fear of not um not living up to the expectations of the community because not living up to the expectations of people outside of you to the body it feels like death etc they all boil down to a fear of death and so as we can as a community start to make peace with the fact that we are not infinite these physical vessels will end and so will the people around us the the more we can focus on being alive and living from the infinite soul and actually living from our heart because we're no longer restricted by oh what if this happens and it feels like death we can sort of say okay um, I know that death is a possibility and I've dealt with it. I've learned to deal with it throughout my life because I've properly grieved all that I've lost. I've properly grieved all the versions of myself that have been up until now. And so even if there is a chance that I fail, it's just going to give me another new version of myself to grieve because, you know, I'm just going to be grieving the version of myself that hadn't tried yet. It's... This is where, okay, so the gate 28 in the spleen, that, that's my conscious sun gate. And so that's why this, this theme is so present in my life. Gate 28 is the fear in gate 28 is the fear of not really living, the fear of dying before we really live. And the highest expression of gate 28 is, is truly like embracing life knowing that death is like not even a possibility but is definite is going to happen and it's funny because before I even discovered human design or really got into astrology this must have been 2015 yeah I think it was 2015 I was on this road trip and I was just driving I drove from Victoria to the um Queensland um the Sunshine Coast and I remember being in my car and, you know, I had music blaring and I was just driving really fast and I, the sun was shining and I was so happy. And I was like, I'm not afraid of dying anymore. I'm not scared of anything right now. I'm not anxious. You know, I had really bad anxiety all, all of my 20s. But in that moment, I had no fear. And I was like, because this is exactly where I'm meant to be. I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing. I am so full of love for life, so much joy. And it was this really simple moment. And that's, that's what it is when we are, have made peace. It's like a double-edged, double-edged, it's not like a double-edged sword because that means it's bad on both sides. It's like a double-edged something which is good on both sides, double-edged spoon of um, tahini or something like that. Double-edged spoon of tahini because you, you make peace with death with cycles of endings, with the fact that not everything is linear and moving the same way, that not the sun is not always shining, that we do have those periods of winter, you know, both metaphorically and literally. 
finding peace in the darkness, not just the light, embracing endings, letting ourselves grieve and mourn what has been, especially what we loved, but also what we didn't like, because it's all the same to the human body, which loves to cling to labels and to feel safe in something. So there's that, that's one side of the um, spirit of tahini. And then the other side is mm, fully living, like fully living and fully embracing what you want to be doing in the moment and what feels fully alive to you. It's not the same for everyone. And this is where just like getting to know yourself, your soul, your heart, what's true for you is so vital because it's not going to be the same for everyone. And doing that and living from that. And when we do that, we heal this collective just trauma that we have in the Western world around dealing with the fact that things come to an end, that death happens, that we mourn, that we grieve this eighth house stuff. And so even if we don't get into the literal uh, versions of death that we've seen this year, even if we are just talking about from an ego and labeling perspective of, you know, every time that you lose something which gave you meaning, you die a little bit more or, you, you, you know, you experience the death of something that we'd clung to to give us meaning and we become more and more merged with the infinite we have these two options we can numb out and avoid all of the invitation that is being forced through that or we can fully dive into that we can fully embrace that and just feel what it means what does it feel like to be totally free floating so example of this would be like a breakup that I I know a lot of people who broke up this year um Because, I mean, probably for so many reasons, but it's when you're faced with these other realizations of, well, what had I been clinging to? What what normality had I clung to to give myself um, a sense of meaning and purpose and anchor myself to earth? When you break up with someone, with something, a person who had anchored you to the earth, you're just like free floating. What are you? You're not anchored to the planet. What am I if I'm not this person's girlfriend? What am I if I'm not this person's boyfriend? Like, what am I if I'm not, like, in partnership? Who am I? What am I? And it's this mini experience of death and it's taking you a step closer to merging with all that is with the truth of your soul. And it goes the same way with, like, getting getting married or, like, be, go, going deep into partnership. It's, it goes both ways. When you lose the label, you gain um, intimacy with, with the infinite. And when you dive into that true emotional um, connection, you also lose yourself in a certain way because you lose this these walls that we have between each other and you merge with the infinite by merging with another person. And so this is where the eighth house is so fascinating but when it comes to interpreting it or thinking about it I think my favorite way now after 2020 and just all that it's involved is to think about it like that to think about it like um the dissolution of labels and masks and everything that we thought held us steady and was holding us to the earth and merging with something bigger than us or merging with the unknowable it's actually stepping beyond the veil and going into what's waiting for us there 
Um, yeah, I think that is the main stuff that I wanted to say. So as always, come out, hang out on Instagram. Um, always a pleasure talking to you. And I will speak to you next week.